and welcome to the Car Doctor podcast and program. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, and on today's program, we're going to be talking with Matt DiLorenzo. He's a former editor-in-chief of a whole bunch of publications, including Auto Week and others, uh, and he'll tell us more about that coming up. But if you're thinking about buying an electric car and you're thinking about buying an affordable one, you need to listen to this. With us is Matt DiLorenzo. He is a auto writer, freelance auto writer, who has been sort of around the block a couple of times. You have a, an awful lot of experience uh, with various uh, premium publications, and and your your last stint was, I believe, you said at Kelly Blue Book, right? Yes, uh, I worked there for about eight years, and then I also was um, editor in chief at Road and Track, uh, editor at Auto Week, and then I worked for Automotive News uh, for a number of years. So yeah. Um, just recently retired in January and had time to freelance and um, I needed a car and I, and I realized that I'm a tightwad. I, you know, all the cars I've driven in my career, I've driven everything from Ferraris to, you know, Lamborghinis, all sorts of, you know, but my own personal, I, upon reflection, I go, you know, you've always been bought a cheap car. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always had like, like my first car was a gremlin. And, um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I just didn't feel the need to, to spend extravagantly on, on a, my own personal transportation, but I thought I wanted to get an electric vehicle. We had, um, we have a, uh, in our household, a plug-in hybrid. So I went out and I bought a Nissan Leaf and I decided, you know, having gone through that experience that, um, I'd like to write a book. So that's how the book, uh, how to buy an affordable electric car, tightwads guide to EV ownership came into being because there's, you know, it's not just um, shopping for and buying an electric car. It's just um, the ownership experience is totally different in terms of recharging um, uh, on the road and at home. Uh, what, what sort of maintenance you can expect to do, which is very little. Um, you, you um, what, what's the insurance costs? all these kinds of fat, well, how the tax credits work or incentives work. So it's, it's a totally different experience from buying a regular car. So I decided to do this thing as sort of a uh, how-to guide for um, the average car buyer. And, and these are people who can't afford a $60,000 Tesla or, uh, you know, the latest and greatest from, you know, like a Hummer EV or anything like that. This is for people who want to rely on an electric car for daily transportation. And here's what it's going to take to do that. And, you know, one of the things you talked about was the tax incentives. And a lot of people confuse tax incentive with rebates. They're two separate things. Um, Correct. If you don't pay any taxes, tax incentives aren't going to help you a whole heck of a lot, right? Well, actually, it is a tax credit. Now you will you will get a payment from the government. It'll take off. You know, if you owe taxes, it'll it'll cancel that out. Um, but if you if you're getting a refund, you'll get a bit a bigger refund based on on this tax credit you do qualify for. The thing that people don't understand, and you know, Tesla was going, well, our cars only cost so much, or any manufacturer yeah. they were saying they were deducting the tax credit from the from the MSRP and saying, oh, you're only going to pay $32,000 for this $39,000 car. No, you have to pay the $39,000, file your taxes, then you get the $7,500. So um, uh, these are the kinds of things that I think the average uh, car buyer um, just doesn't understand about buying an electric car. And 
the tax credits are starting to go away. So um, uh, Tesla no longer is eligible for the federal credit. Uh, GM is no longer for the uh, eligible for the federal credit. And now Toyota is beginning to phase out of the credits. Um, and the fact that that happened was kind of weird because they got the credits for their plug-in hybrids and they sold so many plug-in hybrids that they used up all their EV credits yeah, on yeah, those vehicles. Yeah, yeah. So now that, that, now that they're selling a pure electric vehicle, you know, the, the credits are going to go away. Yeah. So it's, it, it, that's kind of a thing that, that consumers need to take into consideration when they're shopping. Now, even though Tesla and GM can't offer the federal tax credit, they still are eligible for state and local credits. In California here, you can get up to about uh, $27.50 in, in uh, state. Uh, then that's a rebate. They will send you a check right. at, again after you've paid full boat for the car and yeah. finished your deal. Um, the other thing about those is that they are um, means tested in California. So if you make over $135,000 a year, you're not going to get the full credit. And after a certain level, you'll, you may be half and then above $250,000, you won't get it at all. Yeah. So, um, there's, there's a lot to consider yeah. when I'm a car. Yeah. Here, I, I noticed, I read something just yesterday that in New Jersey, they're offering a $400 rebate, a $4,000 rebate all of a sudden, if you're going to go buy an electric car to help people uh, go towards more towards electrification. And like you pointed out, part of the electric car ownership experience is certainly an experience because you know, the the electric car ownership is is completely different. Uh, you don't get to make friends with the folks at the gas station anymore, which is which is kind of nice for a lot of people. Uh, so you're going to charge up at home for a lot of people, too. Um, they're going to they're going to start the day. Uh, unlike most people who drive around with a quarter of a tank of gasoline in the car, they're going to start the day with essentially a full tank of electrons. Right. Mm hmm. So, you know, that's that's kind of an interesting point. I, I think that um, um, one of the advantages to, to having an electric car is that you can, it's like having a gas station in your house, but your bathrooms are probably cleaner. Uh, but the, the Hopefully. you know, you, you can top off, you, you can top off and you can start your day with a, with a full charge every day, or you can maybe every other day uh, plug it in just depending on your use. Um, but there are also considerations on uh, how often you recharge. And, and these, these are all factors that a lot of people don't understand about, about batteries is that um, the number of cycles will determine the life of the battery. So if you're constantly topping off or recharging or, or letting it go too far and charging it, um, you're going to run into some issues of some battery degradation, or if you're if you're fast charging all the time. So uh, w batteries are happiest recharging between 20 and 80 percent of capacity. So um, some people say if you're going to top off every night, don't top off to 100 percent. Top off to like 80 or 90 percent. Um, that'll help your battery life. Uh, it'll take a little less time. You're going to be recharging the next day. Maybe you're going to be going a lot farther the next day and you may need the full 100% charge. But um, there are a lot of different nuances to owning and charging an electric vehicle than it is to just pulling up to a gas pump and filling the tank. 
Yeah, and the, the other thing too, I mean, some people who are considering an electric car might say, oh, you know, I got to plug it in every day. But mm -hmm. think about the things you plug in every day. You probably plug in your laptop computer. You probably plug in mm -hmm. your tablet. You're plugging in your phone. It's just one more thing that you get used to doing. And it becomes yeah. pretty, it, uh, and I'm sure with you, with both your plug-in hybrid and now your electric car, it's become just, you just become a creature of habit and just do it, right? Yeah, and I uh, again, you have to put some extra thought into when you do plug that in, though, because uh, there are a lot of places that that charge electricity, you know, on a tiered rate plan. So you're better off maybe charging off peak overnight, that kind of thing. So um, when you plug in and where you plug in, um, you know, gas costs pretty much, you know, pretty much the same. I mean, there there'll be. In, in in a localized area i mean out here in california we're we're paying six bucks a gallon but with electricity you can go from i can pay as little as maybe 18 to 20 cents a kilowatt hour now my 40 kilowatt hour battery to fill it at that rate is about eight bucks i go to a public charging station they could be charging me as much as 40 40 to 50 cents a kilowatt hour so all of a sudden that eight dollar charge becomes 20 bucks so you have to take a lot of that into consideration on where you buy your electricity and when and range anxiety is a real thing because if you run out of electricity on the side of the road you're going to have to have a flatbed tow because you can't get a bucket of electrons to to throw another car to get you home well we're so. actually working on we're actually working at, yeah. at, at my at my full-time job we're working, yeah. yeah well we're actually I, I have noticed that there are. Um, uh, I just uh, recently, and I'm and I'm sure AAA is going to get on this, but there was a mobile recharging service I saw here starting up in California. Yep. And if you have that kind of, again, it, it's just depending on how long it'll take to get enough charge into your vehicle to get you home. Right. I go to a EV Go uh, and on a fast charge at um, uh, 50 kilowatt. Um, uh, I can recharge in about 45 minutes. So if you can get it in about 10, 15 minutes, then it's a great thing, you know, yeah. to come to the yeah. car and, and give you enough charge to get home. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There, there's a local Boston company kind of his claim, claim to fame is he was on Shark Tank. Um, his name is Josh Aviv and he's, he has a company called Spark Charge and basically what he's doing is de he's delivering range to people and um, mm. and the the uh, the people from Shark Tank invested a million dollars in his company and he just opened some funding and I think he collected 23 million now to continue wow. to expand that business to uh, to to essentially deliver a charge and deliver range to people and so yeah. the, the the world is changing the way we know it and you know some of it is like you pointed out yeah you could go out and you could buy a a hundred and fifty thousand dollar lucid or a hundred and twenty thousand dollar hummer ev or it, you know even kind of the bare bones rivian is a pretty expensive truck mm -hmm. but um but there are cars you can buy that sort of um, fall into almost the affordable category. Like you said, the Nissan Leaf is one of them, the Chevrolet Bolt. Um, there was a number of them that, that sort of fit in that category in your, in your, in your book, kind of the cheapskate's guide to electric yeah. vehicles. Yeah, um, Guide. Yeah, yeah. Guide to yeah, electric so, vehicles. 
among those are things like the um, the um, Hyundai Kona. Uh, Kia has the Nero. Um, so uh, they there 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 is this new generation or this generation of sort of entry level electric vehicles that are are worth a look. And I I find that the um, the Kona is the most uh, interesting example because they offer a gas version, they offer a hybrid, and they offer a um, pure electric. So you can get a real apples to apples comparison on what the what the costs are. And if you get the same SEL trim level of the gas powered Kona, the EV SEL version is ten thousand dollars more. Hmm. And therein that that tells you how much more expensive and, and most of that cost is in the battery an electric vehicle is versus a, a conventional gas powered cars. And that's that's that cost curve that they need to bend down closer to a regular car to make electric vehicles um, more viable as an everyday um uh, everyday purchase by by car buyers. So I, I think a couple of things, one of the th points I make in the book is that electric vehicles are not a panacea. They're not going to replace traditional internal combustion engine cars in the foreseeable future, but they are a welcome alternative that you need to consider uh, given how far you drive, um, uh, what what your lifestyle is like, how many cars you have in your fleet, where you live, um, those kind of factors can make a, an electric vehicle can make a difference. Um, you know, like right now, I, gas was six dollars and fifty cents a gallon here in 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 California in some places. Um, having an EV driving by those gas stations a pretty good feeling. Um, now, if there's a blackout and I can't charge my car. I probably want to pay six fifty a gallon for gas to, to be able to get somewhere, and and that's why you would have a a, a plug-in hybrid or a gas-powered car as part of your fleet. Yeah, it it does it does make sense, and and um, you know the, the I guess the near future until maybe charging becomes easier or batteries get longer life or whatever the case is is probably going to be that people have an electric vehicle for one car and a hybrid like you, a plug-in yeah. hybrid, a hybrid or a gasoline car. And you mentioned the idea of the Kona that you could buy in a EV or a plug-in hybrid or a gasoline version. Are we in sort of the golden age of the automobile now where people have more choices than they ever have with their cars? I, I would say so. I mean, I, I the, the range of options that are available now um, versus 10 years ago and the performance levels too are, are just simply amazing. I wouldn't have dreamed it. And I, I, you know, uh, I think there were a lot of people who were saying, well, you know, they, they, they're kind of electric vehicle naysayers and there are people who are fossil fuel naysayers. And I'm saying, let's have all of the above. I mean, fuel cell technology is kind of fascinating to me as well. And, and there are some fuel cell vehicles available here in California uh, that are interesting technology. So, um, there's no telling where it's going to go. I think one of the most important things to look at, though, is that we need a, a healthier grid. We need a more electrical, uh, electricity generating capability in order to support um, uh, more EVs on the road. 
So there's a lot of work to be done. There's no, there's no, um, there's no cheap or magic bullet here. It's, it's all a question of what do you need, how much can you afford, and what uh, what best serves society in the end. And your your book about buying an EV, an affordable EV, um, how how are you? really trying to help people through this process because it's almost it's almost like it's a self-help book it's you know you're you're kind of laying out the facts you're trying to help people with making their buying decisions and you're you're trying to have them not buy the most expensive vehicle on the road because it may not be something they need and something like your Nissan Leaf which has 150 mile range maybe that perfect second car for 90% of the people that need one. Yeah, you know, I think I think the most important thing about having um, a good ownership experience is having your expectations in line with reality. And I think more often than not, people get these ideas in their head that they need 500 mile range or 400 mile range or whatever. And they don't realize that that, that comes at a tremendous cost and they may never use that. Now you may have that peace of mind that you're not going to have uh, that kind of range anxiety that somebody who has only 150 miles of range may have. But if I can find a place where I can get a, a quick charge fairly easily, then that's not that big of a deal, especially if I'm in a, a local commute situation. So, um, but, but again, it's that these aren't flying cars. They're not going to make you look younger. They're not going to get you the girl. They're, they're, <laughs> they're interesting. It's a, it's just another way of, 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 of getting personal transportation. And there's a lot of moving parts in the, in the getting, um, in the, in, in the owning an EV that you may not consider, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I quote a JD power st study. One of the most frustrating parts about owning an electric vehicle is going to a public charging station and the kiosks don't work. Mm. And, and that's, that's an important, that is a big pain factor because if you, you know, it's, it's bad. And they, they were saying that some people were saying, well, I had to wait. Somebody was on there um, on the charger before me. I had to wait for them to be done before I, you know, I had another 40 minutes or so to my, uh, to my charging session, but, but more people reported uh, broken or not in service units as being a bigger problem and a bigger disappointment than having to wait for somebody knowing that you, you will be able to get a charge because if you, if you've gone to find that chart, gone to the trouble of find that charger and it doesn't work. Now you got to go to the trouble and find a new charger that does work. And where's that? And I got to get there. And so, the infrastructure still needs quite a bit of work uh, in order to make uh, EV ownership as easy. And that's the that's the thing is owning a, a gas powered car is one of the most convenient um, things possible because there are plenty of gas stations. It takes 10 minutes to fill up and you're never going to be stuck uh, uh, by the side of the road because, you you know, even if you've run out of gas, your friends at AAA will be there to help you get to the next gas station. You know? Yeah. And, and you bring up a good point. I remember years ago when you probably drove the same car, it was a Honda Civic, but it was powered by compressed natural gas. And mm -hmm. it had, I think it had 100 and 
50 mile range or something. And I live at the time lived about 60 miles one way from work. And I said, oh, this will be fine. I'll drive to work and I'll fuel up when I get to work. Uh, there's a there's a CNG station right near sure. where the office was. I pulled in and said, close, go visit us someplace hmm. else. And I went to that and that was behind the gate where you needed an access card to get to it. So now I'm concerned, am I actually going to be able to make it home? You make it home, yeah. right. And fortunately, there was another CNG station, but I think I rolled into it with about three miles left before empty. And it was a, yeah. it was a little bit of a panic. So, you know, I think as we have to learn the same thing with electric cars, and, you know, one of the things you kind of said about, you know, very frustrating, J.D. Power pointed out, uh, the EV frustration of getting to a charger with, um, that you find out it's broken. One of the other things I found in my limited test drives with electric vehicles, when I do go to a public charging station, I'm never left alone. It's like, how far does this go? How fast is it? You know, and all of a sudden it's, you know, 30 questions while I'm there trying to make sure I remember how to use the app to get the, <laughs> to get the thing started. So, um, yeah, so yeah. It, it is sort of interesting. And I think, and I, and I stole this line from somebody once and, uh, I don't even remember who to give credit to, but um, people that have the most range anxiety are people that have never owned an electric car. The range yeah. anxiety thing seems to go away once you get in the routine of how and when to recharge, right? Yeah. I, I, I And again, that's getting your expectations in line with the reality of what the car can do. So you learn to live with it and 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 you you find that you you're not going to be putting yourself into those sorts of situations to where you're, you're in a panic mode to, to get a charge or get mm. home. So, yeah. um, but uh, it's not the same as, as not thinking about, we all assume that there's a gas station on the next corner. Right. And that I can always fill up and that I can always, you know, so um, it's just a, a sort of a, uh, a learning process. Yeah, it is. It so. really is. And and you you mentioned the the charging process and um, you know whether you charge you know kind of house current 120 volts or 240 volts or or the high speed charging stations that you see at some shopping malls, which requires a nobody has level three charging at home. Well, maybe no, out, no, maybe no. Out, maybe <laughs> out in California somewhere. There's some. No, well, ancient, yeah, there's probably yeah. somebody with yeah. mega bucks yeah, that can yeah. do that. Yeah. But but for the most part, it's going to be kind of level one and level two charging. But as just as you pointed out with tax incentives and that type of thing, there's also tax incentives that go along with home charging, right? Yeah, they have some uh, tiered rates or, or special rates. But again, you also have to be they they make sure that you if you get that special break that you're uh, only recharging off peak. Hmm. That if you charge during peak hours, you're gonna you're gonna pay pretty much uh, retail or retail plus. Right. So they they're they're trying to incentivize you to to balance the load on the grid by by charging overnight or or during early in the morning uh, during off peak hours. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah there, those are all things that that you have to take into consideration. I some people think, oh yeah, I'll get solar. I'm gonna buy a cheap electric car and I get solar. No. <laughs> you you know you just spent twenty thousand dollars on a cheap electric car and you're going to spend another twenty thousand dollars put solar panels on your house that won't uh i think i i quote a website i can't remember the name but they were saying it's just it it, it is i compare 
trying to use solar, what you have to do is size your solar. And if you needed to size your solar to be able to real-time challenge or charge your even a leaf, it would be so big and so expensive that it defeats it defeats yeah. the purpose. Solar energy is like collecting rainwater for your household water needs. Uh, you know, it the sun comes down all day and it collects, collects, collects. If you really want to use that energy, you need to store it in a battery. Now you can store it in um, a Tesla Powerwall, which will cost you more money. Um, some electric vehicles, you they're uh, starting to do um, like uh, Ford, I think, with the with the um, the Lightning, you can actually store some of that type of electricity on board and then use that to run your house. So these are kind of the interesting things that um, electric vehicles open up that aren't available with gas cars. But again, that's that's a whole nother level of yeah. complexity and expense yeah. that, that most people aren't gonna wanna get into. And and the reality of it is, I, I remember driving a, and I'm, I'm kind of making it up here, I don't know, a 19, 12 baker electric and yeah mm -hmm. i think it, i think it went you know 45 miles an hour and it would go about 50 mm -hmm. miles between a charge mm -hmm. and i remember driving a electric car in the 80s that would go about 50 miles an hour and go about 50 miles between charges so it was about 70 years and there really was no change it was still lead acid batteries and they only mm -hmm. did they only did what they did and the idea that it all sort of stopped for a while. I mean, you can, you can look at the Chevy EV one is one of the first electric mm -hmm. vehicles. And, but just within the last 10 years, the technology's changed pretty quickly that now electric vehicles, whether it's something like a, uh, a Chevy Bolt or a Nissan Leaf or the new little Mazda electric vehicle, there are some affordable vehicles that can really take the place of any vehicle you want to drive uh, at highway speeds, zip around town, uh, and most of them, as you pointed out, are compact cars rather than big SUVs. Mm -hmm. So they become a little bit more maneuverable. And I guess the real the real challenge is: do people, do Americans, really want small cars? That's the sixty four thousand dollar question, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and 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 it, it kind of uh, I have in my book, I have sort of a buyer's guide and I break out um, uh, affordable, tightwad affordable and then tightwad stretch, you know, the 40 to 50. Yeah. And a lot of those 40 to $50,000 EVs, um, that's just for the base model that has maybe 250 mile range. You know, you get the nicer one you're up over 50 grand. I mean, mm. I, I kind of laughed when I saw the thing about the, the Chevy Blazer and all the articles were saying, well, it's aimed at the heart of the car market because it's $45,000, which is the average price of a car. Well, yeah, that's for a um, 250 mile range Blazer that's gonna cost $45,000 that you're not gonna be able to buy until 2024. Hmm. that the first ones that are going to come out are going to be all the expensive ones that have 300 mile range and they're going to be all more than $50,000. Hmm. So, you know, this whole idea that, and then, and then I heard, you know, oh, you know, they have a 39, nine, uh, $40,000 uh, Ford F-150 Lightning pickup. Well, that has 230 mile range. Hmm. 
and it's not available till next year as well. So all these sort of affordable EVs that they're touting now really aren't quite what they say they are. And we need more Leafs, we need more Konas, we need more Bolts, and um, they're just not coming. I mean, I, everybody wants to make the big bucks and they're, yeah. they're pumping out Lyrics and Hummers and all these other really expensive vehicles. And I think that's setting them up for failure if they don't, if they don't build more of these vehicles that the average motorist can afford. I, 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 I tell people, I said, you know, our auto dependent society was built on the back of the Model T not the Cadillac. And until we get more Model T type electric cars, um, it's just, you know, I don't care if you're a politician or an auto manufacturer say we're only going to build electric vehicles. There won't be anybody there to buy them. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually going to steal that line and modify it a little bit and say, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, transportation was based on the Model T, not the LaSalle and the LaSalle went out of yeah. business. You know, so, yeah, yeah. I, so, I agree. I, yeah. I I think that that's 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 the affordable thing. The the other thing in there about uh, electric pickup trucks is that if you want a pickup truck to haul stuff or tow things, the last thing you want is an electric pickup truck. And I think the thing is that they 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 hem and haw about what towing or hauling a load does to the range. But I think there was a website that just recently did a a, a trip where they tried to go. I don't know, less than 200 miles towing a trailer and they couldn't do it. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think I read the same story. It was, I, I, I think it maybe only went 70 miles or so before. Yeah. Ran, yeah. Ran out of electricity. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but I, but I do think that electric pickup trucks do have um, some use and I think they're, they're changing the way, especially for job sites and things like that, that lightning, if you take a pickup truck and you, and you drive it a, so many miles to a job site and use it as a power source, then it makes sense. Then, right. then I see the, the utility in a pickup truck like that. So. Yeah, no, it really is. And, and your job where you were at a road and track and auto week and um, all of those, you, you drove, you drove the world's finest vehicles and you, You've had you've had the opportunity to drive, you know, anything, any, you know, anybody who would dream about you had the opportunity to drive it. And you settled on sort of a lowly Nissan Leaf, but it fits everything you need, right? It makes me happy to drive it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it, it fits in my garage. Uh, it carries, uh, you know, it can carry five passengers. It's a hatchback. I can put down the seats. I can throw my golf clubs in there. I can, I drive, you know, at, in city driving, uh, there's nothing more pleasant to drive than an electric car. It's not noisy. It's, it's, it's smooth. It's very quick off the line. Um, so it has all the attributes that you want. Uh, you know, I think electric vehicles are going to be perfect for people who don't like cars. You know, driving the driving experience is so seamless, and you don't think about it. Um, and and so, in its own way, it's 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 just very it's a very convenient alternative to a gas car. Now, it lacks the excitement of an internal combustion engine. You know, the sounds and the feel and 
and that kind of stuff. But, you know, you can get that elsewhere. I mean, if mm. that's what you want, you, you, you have a, you have a recreational car, you have a second car in your fleet, but for everyday driving, it, it, it really is, um, uh, a, a seamless, easy to drive fun car, you know? Uh, yeah. so yeah. And you, and you it, say it, that. it fits all my needs. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you say that, you know, if you, you wanted, you know, that other experience, but most of us don't have a, a Hellcat in the garage or a, or no. a, or a, you know, Corvette or a Lamborghini. Most of us have another car that sort of fits our needs and it's able to, Right. You know, go to the home improvement store and it's really not that much fun to drive either. So um, the idea <laughs> that the idea that an electric car and, and again, I, I just recently drove the Chevrolet Bolt and it had an amazing range. It had a great range. I put four adults mm-hmm. in it twice on two different occasions. You fold the seats down. It had pretty good cargo room. Uh, right. it, it was it was easy to drive and it was and it was it was pretty affordable. I think the sticker price on it was. Thirty-six or thirty-seven thousand dollars, which yeah. is which is cheaper than the last Chevrolet Bolt that I drove. Yeah, and 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 that's probably for a pretty loaded, like a Premier. Yeah, um, and I got a, I mean, I got a bare bones one, but I still, you know, I have like a blind spot warning. I have uh, 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 emergency braking on it. I, you know, there's a lot of things that you get now on on cars that we take for granted. I mean, you, you, you and I are old enough to remember roll up windows, you know, it's got power, power windows and power door locks and, you know, uh, remote entry and uh, keyless start and all this other stuff, uh, backup camera. So, you know, it's not, it's not exactly that we're, we're, we've gone back to the dark ages in terms of, of equipment. Um, but it's uh, it's just a, it's a basic vehicle and it's basic transportation. It's pretty fun to drive and you don't have to think about it. I don't have to take it in for oil changes. Um, the maintenance is is fairly uh, minimal on it. Um, the one thing I think that is going to be annoying for a lot of people is the noises that electrics and hybrids make when they're backing up. You know, they're mandated yeah. to make make noise my neighbor just she just got a new um uh rav4 hybrid and it and it makes this kind of loud noise when it's backing up my leaf is pretty obnoxious it makes like a pinging sound it's like it's a destroyer looking for submarines lurking underneath my my driveway it makes this like beeping noise so you know but that's part of the things is that they're so quiet they want to make sure that people hear them coming yeah absolutely so electric cars really are different but for people who are thinking about it and they're thinking about well i want to i think i want to go electric i think electric might fit my needs your book can kind of help steer them in the right direction give them some suggestions but you you also sound like you've listed all of the the positives and maybe some of i don't i don't want to call it pitfalls but there are like you pointed out some negatives to owning an electric car that you're not right. going to be able to drive you know, 3000 miles across country and stop every, you know, 300 miles at a gas station and fill up. It's going to take, it's going to take a little bit more careful planning to get that to happen. Not to say it can't happen, but it's going to take a little bit more planning to get that to happen. And, and you sort of take everybody through or the prospective buyer sort of through, here's what, here's what it could be like and consider you, you know, consider you prospective buyer kind of behind the wheel of owning the car and, and right. what it's going to be like to own it. Right. 
Right. And I think that that's, that's the thing. If you, um, you know, if you live in a condo or uh, an apartment building with, and you don't have a dedicated parking space uh, with access to electricity, you probably don't want an electric car. You may want a hybrid, hmm. but you probably don't want an electric. If you do have access to charging at work where they give it to you complimentary, you might be able to make it, might be able to make it work. But on the weekends, you're kind of on your own and, or you're relying on public charging. If you live in a, in a in Montana, for instance, or, or any other, uh, far, you know, far flung suburb, and you have a long commute, you, you don't, you don't want an electric, you, you want a yeah. gas car. Yeah. So, um, there, like I said, they're not for everybody, but there are more people than not who might want to consider going electric because right now, given the incentives, given, um, the, the rebates and what's going on in terms of, uh, gas prices, um, it, it may save you a couple of bucks. So it is worth looking at as an alternative to, to what you've been doing. So when you're driving your leaf and you see somebody standing in front of a pump pumping $7 gasoline, do you, do you secretly just sort of smile to yourself? Uh, no, I feel sorry for them. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, I still have another car that I got to put gas into. So I, I, I don't, you know, I, I do feel their pain, but not as much, not as much, I just, uh, but um it is kind of a, uh, you know, it is, a, 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 you know, less you don't have to yep. think about uh, going to a gas station. Now, if you miss, you know, getting Slim Jims and, and a Mountain Dew, then, yeah, yeah. You still may want to stop yeah. at a gas station. Yeah, to do that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing like nothing like healthy eating. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I could say I probably lost fifteen pounds since I stopped yeah. going to the yeah. gas station. Yeah, but but <laughs> but you are absolutely right. I I I live in a I live in a essentially a what some people would consider a tiny house on Cape Cod. It's it's very small. It has a small electrical service. It only has a hundred amp electrical service, and and the nearest level two charger is not far away, but it's at a hotel and it's only available for guests only. For me to be able to actually go charge, I need to go, um, I need to drive about 18 miles to a mall and mm -hmm. uh, which is not one of the places I really enjoy going is to malls. So, yeah. um, so the idea of going there to charge up my car is a little bit of an inconvenience. So if, like you pointed out for, for a lot of people, they need to, they can't just immediately say, I want an electric car. I'm going to go get an electric car and then find out your house isn't set up for it. Your neighborhood isn't set up for it. Right. It may not be that convenient. Like you said, the condo owner, the uh, apartment renter, um, electric cars may not be perfect for them. And, uh, but, but it still could be something that could be workable depending on, depending on what, mm -hmm. what you're doing and, and how you're going to do it. So it's, it's great. You've kind of taken you know the public through all of this and and really kind of broken down you know some of the some of the cars are available in kind of a more affordable range and also mm -hmm. thinking about the rebates and the incentives that are available to help people buy these vehicles and like you pointed out you know don't you know these rebates and incentives change constantly they they mm -hmm. could go they could go away but they could come back 
there could be a there could be a, a state incentive. Yeah. There could even be some big municipalities, some cities and towns may offer offer something that that could help make that electric car a little bit more affordable as well. So right. All of these things right. can work. And and one thing I will remind people about is sort of the fine print of charging. Um, I've been to some charging stations where the first two dollars are free or the first two hours are free. And then the, you know, third hour on up might be five or six dollars an hour. And what they're trying to do is, you know, keep you from leaving your car parked at a restaurant all day. And uh, so so read the fine print yeah. on the charging station, I guess, too. Yeah, I uh, that's that's a very good point, because, again, that's one of those little things that people don't. Uh, realize that when you're charging a vehicle, uh, they may charge you, it may be free or they may charge you. But once your charging session is done, they want your car out of there so that it's available for the next person. You could pay as much as 60 bucks an hour for literally parking your car and not getting a charge. Um, so, and the other interesting, and this is- Well, I, I was going to say in Manhattan, it's probably cheaper that way. Yeah, probably yeah. is. The other interesting thing is I got with my car, with my leaf, my, my tight wad leaf, I got this um, charging cord and it's uh, it has an adapter to be able to plug into 120 and it has a 240 outlet plug on it. Some manufacturers aren't giving you that cord anymore. Uh, like some of the Korean, mm. like the Anik 5, some of these vehicles don't come with that cord. And that those things cost about 200 bucks. Yeah. So that's in addition to even, you know, if you want your own portable charging cord, they're they're making you pay for that. And and I don't think that's right. I think that you should get you should get that as part of the purchase price of the vehicle. But there are all these little things that are going on that people don't don't realize. And when you're shopping for electric car, there's a lot of you got to know the right questions to ask and and uh, in order to get a good deal and make sure that you'll have a car that'll um, that'll uh, fit your needs and, and give you a long life and good service. Well, Matt, I think we helped explain a lot of this. Can you tell us where we can find your book? Yeah, it's on uh, Amazon, uh, both the Kindle version and uh, the paperback version. And then for uh, Nook owners, it's on Barnes and Noble um, as an ebook. There, I'm still working to get the paperback version on on Barnes and Noble. But if you want the paperback version, you can you can find it on Amazon. And, and one more time with the title of the book, so we know it's what how to buy an affordable electric car: a tightwad's guide to EV ownership. Well, it's it sounds like it sounds like for somebody who isn't ready to go out and spend one hundred and fifty dollars on a Lucid Air or a, uh, or, a <laughs> or you know a Cadillac Lyric or or uh, you know a, a Tesla you know Model X long range vehicle, um, it sounds it sounds like a good place to start. And like a lot of things in life, I'm sure we're also going to see as the technology changes, um, you know. I, I remember the first digital calculator I bought and I think all it did was add and subtract and multiply and divide. And it, I don't know, it cost $60 or something. And now they give them away with business cards stuck on the back of them. So um, yeah. technology, technology is, you know, is going to change and, you know, we're not going to see, we probably won't see really inexpensive electric cars, but well, I think, you know, the, the, the more we see, 
popularity and it is a little bit of the chicken and the chicken and the egg kind of thing as the demand starts to spool up it looks like we'll probably see prices start to come down hopefully and uh you know um like i said i i think that there's a there's a a place for evs they just have to be more affordable for yeah. people to, yeah. to really embrace yeah. the technology. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sort of, you know, my thoughts, that hybrid garage, that sort of um, mm-hmm. you have the EV, you have the EV on one side and you have the gasoline or gasoline hybrid on the other side. So you have the you have the car. That best of both worlds. Yeah. Best of both worlds. So you can do what you want. And if you and if you do it right, the gasoline car stays parked most of the time. So you're not spending, you know five, six, seven dollars a gallon of gasoline. And you can, you can, it's amazing how you can find how much you can do uh, with even an electric car that only has a 150 mile range, like you're finding out. It meets meets your needs 90% of the time. It comes down to being able to have the freedom to go where you want to go, when you want to go. And, and having both allows you to do that. There you go. And again, one more time, the name of the book and where to find it. How to Buy an Affordable Electric Car, a Tightwad's Guide to EV Ownership. And you can find it on Amazon, paperback and uh, Kindle version, and on Barnes & Noble as a Nook ebook. Matt, thanks for your time, and uh, okay. best, of luck, best of luck with the book. I really appreciate it. Thank you, John Paul. I want to thank Matt for joining us today on the Car Doctor broadcast. And again, check out his book. Uh, You can find more information at all your popular book vending sites. And of course, you can always join me on all of the social media. uh, John Knows Cars on Facebook, at John F. Paul at Twitter, at John F. Paul at Instagram. You can see the pictures of the cars that I've been driving lately. And of course, you can find all the podcasts just where you found this one or other popular podcast sites. The main podcast site is johnfpaul.podbean.com. So until next time, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. And if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over its safe lives.